Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. Today, I'm joined by Diana Davis, a fellow coach. I'm so excited to talk. Every time I talk to you, Diana, I love our conversations. We have um, we have so much in common in terms of the way that we like think, the way that we approach freedom. Um, I'm really interested to have this conversation. So welcome. Thank you. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have you tell us a little bit about what you're up to in the world to kind of start this off. So like, what what, what are you doing over there? Yeah, such a complex question to us creatives, right? (laughs) Um, But currently, I am coming at you from Colorado, which I know is one of the things you and I have in common. Um, That's where I'm from, but I am nomadic. So Colorado is just a stop in my journey. I've been nomadic for about 10 months now, and New York is next, and then Greece is after that. Um, I'm a business coach for creative entrepreneurs. I used to be a photographer and a graphic designer, and that led me to really leading other creatives to be fearless and really put their gifts out into the world and know that they don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer in finance to make money. So I lead them through that. And that's kind of my MO. Right on. That's awesome. Um, I love this, uh, this fearless idea because you know, so much of what gets in the way of our freedom, I think is, is traced back to freedom or I mean to fear rather, you know, there's like the two forces in the world, there's love and fear and, uh, and fear just seems to get in the way of Ugh. so much of what people are trying to create in the world, you know? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'd love to hear, how do you, I mean, we heard a little bit about your, um, kind of like your background, but tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Um, if someone, you know, someone's listening to this and they're like on their journey to entrepreneurship, yeah. um, what, you know, how do you create freedom in that way? What would you say? What do you like kind of the, what's the, what's the journey? Would you say, what are the principles? Yeah. I mean, to give kind of a fast track of the logistics, which I think can be really expansive for people to hear, I went to school for graphic design and photography, which I think a lot of creatives end up um, being creative later in life, you know, kind of following more of a traditional path. I did not. I was always in the creative industry, but I worked a lot of jobs. I was in corporate and I actually had to be laid off to really jump off the cliff or be pushed off the cliff, really. (laughs) So I just want to say that because I think so many people are like, putting pressure on themselves to quit their job. And, you know, sometimes it's just the universe really pushing you. And that was for me. Um, I started my career like officially as an entrepreneur, which I called myself a freelancer for a long time, which is a whole other conversation. Um, in 2017 as a photographer and graphic designer, and then just, it led me to this business coaching thing. But I would say one of the common themes is, overcoming fear. It's always there, 
but overcoming fear and actually taking the leap, actually move into New York without the job or the plan and trusting myself that I can make it happen, whether it's three waitressing gigs or landing the job at the magazine publishing house, you know, um, right on deciding a hundred percent, I'm going to go entrepreneurial after getting laid off instead of kind of dabbling and not trusting myself and, you know, one foot in one foot out, um, business coaching really going into that once it was presented to me and then eventually kind of shedding the stuff that wasn't serving me anymore, like photography and graphic design. So I think a lot of the principles are facing the fear and then doing it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I I also like, I want to just kind of highlight this do whatever it takes sort of mindset. Cause I think that's really useful. And, and that what happens, I think in the beginning and honestly, you know, this is why we hear so much about overwhelm and burnout and all that stuff is because in the beginning saying yes to a lot of things is the, a way that we can build that security into our reality. I don't know a lot of people who have created something that really works in their lives without for, like first going through that phase of like, saying yes to maybe too many things, quote unquote, or whatever. Um, And then once things are working well, then kind of pulling back and paring away the things that aren't working. And, And it sounds like that was the journey that you went through as well. Yeah. I think sometimes people niche down too early. Um, it works for some people. Like I met Miss Excel the other day, all she does is teach Excel and she has a multi-million dollar business and that's all she's ever done. But for me, I call it the sandbox phase. It's like I shot when I was doing photography for the first six months, I shot wellness entrepreneurs. I also shot bar mitzvahs. You know, (laughs) I was like, this could be it. Who knows? You know, like have to pay that New York city rent. And then I think the practice is really observing how you feel during it. Does this serve me? Does this light me up? Does this feel like a good energy exchange? Do I want to continue on this path instead of just sort of like gaslighting yourself and thinking, well, I should be doing this because it's money and it's, you know, I should feel so lucky to have this opportunity. And it's like, well, you attract more of what you end up doing. So let's like narrow the path a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You attract more of what you, what, of like what you're building in the world, right? Like an easy way to think about this is like whoever you're serving, if you're serving them powerfully, they're going to tell other people who are like them to come and seek you out in the world. Right. Right. So, um, but I love this, this idea of the, of the sandbox phase, you know, I, the, it, there's kind of like two journeys, I think in entrepreneurialism. And one of them is like, you know, I knew that my entrepreneurialism or even purpose, really, you might say one is like, I knew my path from the time I was born. Like I always wanted to be a doctor or whatever the story was. Um, and the other is this kind of like sandbox area way. And I think that it's, it's useful to have both models because like it, if you're not like one of the ones who came out of the box, so to speak, ready with a ready-made purpose, <laughs> a Kung Fu grip or whatever, um, then you, it's okay. You didn't, you're not doing anything wrong and just give yourself permission to go through this. Cause for most people, I think the vast majority of people, actually, you find out your purpose in hindsight, not in foresight. Totally. And upon reflection. So I think it's yeah. really useful to have that as a, one of those principles. Yeah. 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 I think even with if you're a doctor, for example, and you know, you want to be a doctor or you're a photographer and know you want to be a photographer, there's still that piece of like, 
well, what kind of doctor do I want to be? Do I want to work in a private practice? Do I want to work in the ER? What kind of photographer do I want to be? So there still can be that flexibility and also knowing that that can change. Like you don't have to put this path in concrete and go with it until you're retired. Like you're allowed to pivot and change. You're allowed to write everything in pencil yep. and then come back later and erase it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, cause I think this is a really interesting topic, the way that you've set your life up. I, I think the sort of the nomad style life is uh, really interesting and appealing to a lot of people who are really interested in travel and they just like kind of want to have the flexibility to do that. So I'm curious, how, how do you think about, again, those principles? What, what's the, what are the freedom principles that would allow someone to construct that life mm-hmm. where they can travel? I mean, you're in Denver now, but last time we talked, I think you were in Australia or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I could sit here and tell you that I did all of this so purposefully and planned. And one of our themes, you and I has always been like the winging it thing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm very much a wing it person and you are a person who gave me permission to be that way, which I really appreciate. (laughs) Um, but I will say, you know, this wasn't something that happened as I expected it to happen. Um, I thought I was going to be traveling full time in 2020, which it's, you know, we don't even need to say more. Um, and then what year I, was that? Was what happened? Yeah, something, what, something, some worldwide what event happened. History there, yeah. book know, thing yeah. that we'll read about <laughs> later. Um, yeah. and then I actually was in Denver, like really settling down. And then I actually ended up getting out of a six year relationship that I had no idea was going to end. Um, and then nomad life kind of presented itself again to me. So one of the principles I guess would be holding the desire and not having it be like a goal, because if it was a goal and I even had passwords that I've have resurfaced that are like travel the world 2020 exclamation point. Don't try to go use that on my bank account. It's no longer active. (laughs) Um, but you kind of go back and you're like, wow, that was like a thing I was really forcing and trying to make happen. And if I looked at that as a goal, it would be failure. Right. And if Mm -hmm. I look at it as just holding that desire, well, it happened perfectly in 2022. And now I'm living that life and it's amazing and I'm doing it solo and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, as far as like strategy and like tactical things, obviously being remote has helped a lot at the time when I was going to travel in 2020, I was still a photographer and I could have made it work. I guarantee it, but it would have been harder. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have been hustling more for shoots everywhere I went, you know, and again, I went back to a sandbox phase, even though I was, um, you know, three years into business. So I would have dabbled in retreat photography and, you know, hotel and luxury stay photography and maybe influencer photography. Um, so just the permission to go back to that sandbox and try different things, Um, and then just, oh man, it's not for everyone. Nomad life. Like, is it actually for you? Are you just seeing it on Instagram and having it seems so appealing? Yeah. (laughs) You're seeing the highlight reels. It's not always (laughs) like I have worn this shirt like 50 times in the last (laughs) month, you know, like, so, um, I think it's not for everyone. You have to be flexible. You have to be a little bit roll with the flow. Cause travel is always going to have its changes. 
and, and surprises. Yeah. And like even time zone, like taking clients from Australia versus mountain standard time is very different. Um, a lot of that is what I teach around doing, setting yourself up in a way where you aren't burning out. So you're not just like, well, guess I have to take these calls at 11 PM. It's like, no, like plan enough, you know, you can wing it, but plan enough to where you're saying, okay, I'm going to be in Australia in December and I'm going to change my call times during that month so that it works for my clients and it works for me instead of just kind of being the martyr and being like, well, this is the life I chose. So boundaries right. are a big thing too. Yeah. And, and I just want to like double click on something you said, like, cause we're, we're talking about this winging it concept and, you know, thinking of like a bird on the wing, there are sometimes gusts of wind or whatever, and it's, and it's important to adjust. And that's like where we're talking about the sandbox phase and the kind of actually noticing what's working in your life. So like, absolutely try some shit and wing it, but then take a look and notice, like, how did that feel that, you know, did it feel in alignment for you? Don't just like believe that because you made a decision once now you have to like stick to that decision for the rest of your life, because you know, that's just, not a, that's not a path to authenticity and freedom. Yeah. <laughs> consistently auditing, but also not too often. Like I love, we both know Emily Merrill. Um, yeah. she was one of the first people I met after I got laid off and she, you know, just said like, what do you want your life to look like? Like, what do you want to wake up and do, do you want to go to a computer right away and have your matcha in the kitchen in your pajamas? Do you want to go to an office with teams? That kind of thing. Um, I think that's really important and also setting a deadline of like, okay, I'm going to try this thing for the month of whatever. And if yeah. I'm, if it's not working, then, then I will audit it and figure out something different. But I think there's such a space of auditing every day where you're like, mm. ah, like, I don't know if I'm making the right decision. And you're, you're constantly churning and stressing yourself out versus like giving yourself a few months. And that's what I did when I, even when I got laid off, I said, if I'm broken, miserable by December, I will change things. But for now I'm going to let myself choose this. Nice. I, I love that. It's almost like, you know, the scientific mindset of like, if you're running an experiment, you don't want to like be as soon as you get into the, the the actual experiment, be changing the parameters of the experience experiment because you'll never get the data that you need in totally. order to like make the observations and maybe understand the way that the world works. So you know, set yourself that period of experimentation time, and then look at the data and run the experiment full out that for that time that you're going to do it because whatever the experiment that you're running is, it was obviously important enough for you to set the experiment in the first place, right? So go ahead and give yourself permission to run it, but then also look back once the give yourself also conclusion time for that experiment and then look back and see how it goes. So I think that's really useful. How do you think about, um, you mentioned boundaries and I think that that's very closely related to this feeling of overwhelm. So how do you think about like making time for leisure and self-care and avoiding burnout and overwhelm? And are those two the same thing or are there other ways that you're thinking about it? What, what's your kind of way of thinking about these things? My favorite analogy for boundaries, which as creatives, we sometimes hate boundaries. We're like, but I'm flowy and I'm creative, right? Yeah. So my favorite way to look at boundaries is you have to have a riverbed for the river, right? Or you have a lake. So you mm -hmm. have to have some sort of structure and it's holding you. The river's still mad powerful, 
right? And it yeah. can like carve through rock, but it is, it has to have somewhere to flow. So once we have these boundaries, we can feel safe to be able to create and be able to flow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge thing. Like literally the first thing I teach in Camp Clarity, which is my course is boundaries. They're like, let's get into money and social media. And I'm like, nah, like this is where <laughs> it's at because as creatives, we do say yes to everything. There's such oh, almost like a guilt of feeling like I am so lucky to be able to put my gift out into the world. Sometimes we will pay people to let us give them our gifts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's like a creative syndrome almost. And so <laughs> we're saying yes to the photo shoot at 7am and at Brooklyn bridge, we're saying yes to the photo shoot at 7pm at central park, even though we're running our asses off and burning out. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I think boundaries are so freaking important and just creating that simple structure and reevaluating it every once in a while, like daylight savings time hits, you need to have the personal stuff. You need to have a walk every day. Well, guess what? There's a few more hours of light. So you should reevaluate your schedule and making sure you put in the things that matter to you in life first. We always talk about the pine cone and the rice, like the little science experiment. Yeah. You can't put the pine cone in the rice. You have to put the pine cone in first and let the rice like filter in. And so that pine cone has to be the life things, the workouts, the meditation, the date nights, the friend time, and then work has to go around that. Or we're always like running our life around our business, which isn't living. Unless your business is your life. But I really like what you're saying here. This, uh, this idea of, um, the river as a metaphor for boundaries and protecting the things that are most important to you. Because if you think about the way that a river works, it's like, it's always relaxing into, I mean, that, that's kind of like what makes a river so powerful. And it's also what carves the, the, the riverbed right. out as well as like the river relaxing into what water is essentially, mm. which is like just gr- mapping to gravity or whatever. It's kind of, it's, it's natural governing principles. Yeah. And so if you start there with like, what are the things that are the most important to me? What is the essence of who I am? Not like who I like want to be in some sort of like esoteric way, but like who I am in the data that I've seen from my entire life and building your riverbed around that. I think it's really useful way to think about harnessing your power in the world and using those, those boundaries to kind of um, create around your essence rather than around some goal that you're trying to achieve or something like that. Yeah. I love that. Every river is so different. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Super powerful. Um, all right. So you, you do a lot of stuff on social media, so I'd love to hear your perspectives on this. Cause I, cause I hear a lot from clients, you know, of the, you might call it the downside mm. of social media. It, uh, you know, I mean, it's got it's it's got its dopamine fix, so it's got that draw to it. But also, there's this aspect of comparison, for sure. And I'm wondering how how do you think about the answer to this question? How do you let go of the notion of like seeing what other people are doing out there in the world, <clears throat> and then asking yourself like, well, why don't I have that? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And comparing yourself and then like despairing over what the result is. How, how do you think about that? Because I know you coach people around being online and their presence, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I actually had this conversation last night with a person who was like, oh, it's just so hard not to compare yourself to other people's lives. And a good friend of mine once 
told me about expanders. And I think everything is just a reframe away from being positive, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's so true. So it's like, okay, cool. There's going to be comparison. There's really no way of getting around it flat out. But what if we looked at those people as expanders instead of someone we're competing against or has something that we don't? What if mm. we look at those people as they've carved this path and they've shown us it's possible. We're expanding into that. So that's kind of how I look at it. And at the end of the day, you got to have boundaries. If you're scrolling mindlessly when you're in a bad headspace and right before bed, like we all freaking do for hours, you got to start to have boundaries and agency around that, you know? So if yeah. you find someone that just like triggers the heck out of you, unfollow them, you know, <laughs> but like follow people that inspire you, that fill you up, um, that make you excited to consume their content and sh are showing you an expansive path. Love that. And again, that goes back to the riverbed, right? Like f f listen to what moves you in the world and then design your structures around that, right? Like find your riverbed, so to speak, and yeah. carve your riverbed out of what's important to you and then follow that. Right. Okay. Almost looking at it like a menu, like, okay, here's this person doing this thing. That's sort of what I maybe want to be doing. What do I like? And what don't I like? Like what part of that do I want? What part of it don't I? And yeah, make your own riverbed. I love that. Uh, I think it's Tony Robbins has this quote, um, that the universe is happening for you, not mm, to you. Totally. And so like, if these people are showing up in your reality, like what if it's just, that's, it's the design of, reality that it's to show you these a these things are possible but b like how you are different to reflect back to you like what your particular path is i think that's such a useful way of looking at it yeah the nice. victim versus like oh the that's a whole other conversation but just on that like if you are the victim of life versus if you're someone the kind creator. of taking it by the horns right it's yeah. that's the difference like you, bottom line who you decide to be is going to change the way your whole universe works. I love it. Um, so what about building strategies for building a community? So a little, this is a little bit more of a strategic kind of yeah. question. So um, online communities, offline communities, like how do you, how do you think about getting in front of people who might be the ones that are looking for, and then, you know, managing those relationships or managing that presentation, that sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I, <laughs> so it's so interesting meeting people around the world and there's not a lot of people. There are a lot of people like us, but we also meet a lot of just people who have normal jobs and normal lives that look at our Quote lives unquote. kind of like an anomaly. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I have so many people who, when I'm meeting up with someone in Paris for coffee, they're like, are they, are you going to convert them to be a client? And I'm like, that's not the point at all. Like I am just connecting with this person and we'll see, but I'm not going in with that intention to convert them as a client. Like, Ooh, maybe they could be in camp clarity or come to my grease retreat because mm -hmm. that energy is felt like energy is so real and intention is so real. So that's my first thing is always leading with connection, mm. not like trying to make a transaction connection over transaction. Love that. The other thing is like putting yourself out there. Um, in Denver, when I moved from New York city to Denver, 
I had a very small group of people I aligned with. Um, I'm from Colorado, but the people that I knew when I was 18 are like not my people anymore. So I had like basically a clean slate. I knew a few people or even of a few people who really aligned with my values in this city and I would follow their stories. And if they tagged someone that they had coffee with, I would literally reach out to that person and say, Oh my gosh, we both know Melissa. I would love to grab a matcha with you if you're up for it. It can be as simple as that. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Just leading with connection and being a human. And a lot of times, even when I have like a new follower or something, if I'm feeling the energy to do it, it doesn't have to be a have to, but I go say hi. And if they have some mutual connections or I feel like we're aligned in some way, they're not just like someone trying to sell me something or a bot. I'll go say hi. And I start with a text that says, thanks for the follow. And then I lead with a voice message that the text is so that they don't freak out. You know, some people in the voice messages like what, um, I start with a voice message and I just say, Hey, like I'm Diana, I'm a human. Like, it's so nice to meet you. It seems like we have some mutual connections. I'm so curious how you found me if you're willing to share, you know, and then it can go from there. And they might be like, I found, found you through Ben. And you're like, cool. Welcome. You don't have to do this bullshit. Like, salesy, open-ended question stuff. You can just be a human. Like if it would be weird, if you weren't even in business, if it would be a weird conversation, just normally it's going to feel weird in business too. So like, don't do it. You know, right. And what's wrong. That is such a a great piece of advice, Diana. I think just, especially for all the salespeople out there, I hope that they listen to this episode just so that they can stop doing that thing, which is like reaching out in a way that feels so like such a weird human interaction that why would I, you know, it's like that, that, um, quote, all things being equal, people prefer to do business with their friends, all things not being equal. People still prefer to do business with their friends. Mm, I love that. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's, um, but it's like, that's the kind of the idea is like, if you're reaching out with some sort of energy that is like, you don't give a shit about who I am as a human being. Like, why am I going to give a shit about what you're doing over there? Like, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm doing other things. I'm, it's not that I'm even too busy to talk to people. It's that I'm too busy to talk to that energy. I have right. no interest in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's like such a beautiful piece of advice is like, have it be a normal human interaction, yeah. like the kind of interaction that you would like to have with your friends and that sort of thing. Yeah. Really. And I always say it's like dating too, right? Like if you, someone winks at you in a coffee shop, you don't get down on one knee and propose to them. Like, yeah, don't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. I love that. Don't get dumb. Careful. Careful trying to propose marriage to people that you just met. What are you yeah, doing? What are you like, doing? Build a little take, relationship first, you know, take a minute, <laughs> take a beat. Um, okay. So what about, cause here, here's the other thing. This is like a great segue into this question, but I'm curious, like, um, all right. So, cause you're very authentic in the way that you show up on your social. I think that's one of the things that's really cool about your content is just like how, it really does feel like that. It feels like you're doing that thing that you just said with like everybody mm, all the you. time. Like you're really like connecting and you're, you know, like you're talking to your audience as though not just that it's like an audience, but as like a, a person in front of you and that you're like seeming like your normal, cool self, right? Yeah. While you're doing that. So I, I get curious because there's, I think there's a question that people have where it's like, how much is too much to show? Mm of myself, you know, especially cause I'm like, 
because you know a lot of the people listening to this are business owners. So especially if like I'm building a business or I'm associated with a small business, like you know what are, what are the the boundaries or the guidelines around how much do I show up and how how much of myself do I kind of give people access to? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, something you know, take this with a grain of salt, but something I always say especially when people are starting out sharing on social media and they're like, I don't even know what to share. Like my life's not exciting, whatever, whatever. And I say, if you would send it to a friend, consider posting it on a story. Like literally, if you're like, oh, I just found this cool coffee shop and they have unsweetened matcha, like awesome. I want to let you know about it. Post it to your audience. Like let, you know, like let them know about it. And there's a lot of strategy with like tagging brands and all this stuff that we could talk about. But I think we think too hard about it. I think there's a lot of accounts that do a great job and only post like super strategically about their niche. But then once they eventually pivot because they're bored out of their mind or they're being activated to like switch up their life, Mm -hmm. people are going to be like, what? You know, versus being a personal brand is like such a leg up. Like we get to just be us because people are hiring us as people. We are the product. So Mm -hmm. literally from being a photographer to being a coach, nothing changed. People are still here for it because they like, know, and trust me. They feel like I'm a friend. I'm the biggest compliment I can get is when people meet me in person, they say, I feel like I know you. Like, good. Like you do. It's just me. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is really beautiful to think about is say, for example, I have around 8,500 followers right now. That's a lot of people. You fill a stadium with 8,500 people. Yeah, exactly. What's really cool is we can't filter ourselves for that. If you're with, if I'm hanging out with you and your wife, I I am going to filter myself a little bit to like your energy and, you know, versus if we're like at breakfast versus like out for drinks or you're going to be a little bit of a chameleon. You're going to read the room and like change a little bit. But when you're in front of 8,500 people, there'd be nothing left. There's nothing. (laughs) Yeah. You can't filter yourself. So you really can show up fully authentically you, which is really beautiful. And I almost feel like I'm almost more me on Instagram because I don't chameleon at all than I am sometimes in like real life group situations, which is interesting. That's, that is really interesting. Um, it's, it's interesting, a interesting perspective because it, it is like, there is like a guarding energy. I think that I like, I mean, I feel it when I think about going online and and just being myself, which is funny because I'm the exact reverse of you. I'll show up as myself in any room, anywhere. I don't care. I don't really filter. And if people walk out of the room, that's fine. We weren't going to be friends anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But it's really, it's really interesting that kind of that perspective of just like showing up unfiltered and then letting the room kind of letting the room kind of decide what it's going to do with your unfiltered self and let like not try to curate or, you know, filter in whatever way. Yeah. And that's when people will, because they like know and trust you. And there is, like you said, going back to too much. I think there's certain things that you should process on your own and not just like they, they say like, don't share from the wound, (laughs) share from the scar. Like if you're going through it, that's a little bit different than sharing my matcha at a coffee shop. But Mm. 
that like, no trust, like letting them behind the curtain of my life and my business. Do they know everything? Absolutely not. But there's like an authentic presence because I'm not trying to have a facade. I'm saying, Mm. look what it's really like over here. Like Uh, the real, you know? So then they're here for the whole journey, whether you are a photographer or a coach. So I I think that here's the principle I'm hearing you say, maybe you check me on this. The principle is, uh, it's not that you share everything. It's that you, it's that anything that you share, you share as you. Right. Yes. Love it. I love that. That's really great. What's awesome too about this is as we see the rise of the AI, like that Mm. is what is happening right now. And like, I'm on TikTok and I'm like watching how many people are like just content farming out to AI because AI can do it. Right. I'm like, all right, so what is the evolution of this? But this thing that you're saying is actually, it's in a way it's really future proof. It's proof against the AI because the AI is never going to have your personality. It's never going to be the way that you show up in an interaction. It's not going to have your same tastes in matcha unsweetened, which by the way, I think sounds disgusting and I wouldn't want that, but some people would really like it and they'll show up for it. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like, that's great. Right. So, um, the thing that I'm saying is it's like this being your yourself, your personality and really understanding again, what is your riverbed? What is the thing that you are at your essence and then showing up and having that. And then that thing becomes immune to the rise of machine because no machine could ever be you. And people are going to want to bond and relate to you. I think that's actually where the future of content is going is just the personal brand because you're going to be able to find any answer <coughs> as quickly as you're able to think it because of all of the the way that you don't even have to Google things anymore. You'll just be able to ask something like ChatGPT. Yeah, absolutely. I think the riverbed to me now I'm thinking like fingerprint. It's like your fingerprint and you can't, you can't replicate that with a machine. Love and it. there are cool things with chat GPT and all of that. Like we can utilize and we, um, I actually went to a seminar recently on AI and I love the way she put it. Cause she was a, graphic designer for Nike. And now all this stuff is being like done in AI. And she was like, we get to be the orchestrator instead of the one holding like the pencil. And that's still cool, you know, but yes, showing up as you is always going to future proof, whatever happens on social and social is just interaction. Like the way I act Connecting with people on social, selling my stuff, inviting them to things, connecting is no different than social in real life. Like I consider social meeting someone at a bar or meeting someone online. Love it. That's great. All right. So where can people find you? This has been a really great conversation, yeah, by the way. As always. Um, yeah, as always. If you're uh, if you're interested in what Diana has to say, where can they where can they find you? Yeah. Diana Davis Creative is my Instagram. That's where I am pretty much anywhere that I find all that authentic online, all the authenticity. Um, I would love to just say hi. And again, like, I'm not going to sell to you. I just want, we're just humans. And I've met so many cool people online. Um, and you never know what could come of it, like collaborations, et cetera. Um, you know, I wouldn't know. That's where this came from. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, Diana Davis creative and Ben is also going to be on my, podcast coming out soon called pollen so if you are interested in hearing another conversation i would love for you to check that out too 
Nice. Awesome. And then, uh, you, so is that how they would find out about like, cause you mentioned like Camp Clarity, you mentioned yeah. the Grease Retreat. Is that yeah. where they would? Yeah. So the Grease Retreat is going to be so fun. So if you want to come be a nomad with me for a week, nice. <laughs> this is your chance. Um, the Grease Retreat is happening May 4th through the 9th in Lefkata, Greece. We literally guide you and provide everything besides your flight. So all you need to do is get there and then we whisk you away for a week. We feed you. We are doing all sorts of fun stuff, including business coaching, but like wine tastings and Greek cooking classes and hikes and culture and all the good stuff. Um, that is for women, creative entrepreneurs. And then camp clarity and all of that is always like running every three months or so. I have a mastermind that's a little higher level than that and always, you know, fun, free masterclasses and stuff. So that's Instagram is definitely going to be the way to find out about that. Awesome. Great. So follow her on Instagram. Um, the grease thing sounds so interesting. I wish it worked with my schedule, but, um, that sounds like if, if somebody's thinking like, Oh, I don't have an interesting life. Hey, go to you Greece, know? go, go do some wine tasting, go, go do some business development in Greece. We just went to Greece last year and it was amazing. Oh, such a beautiful place. So good. And we're like, a lot of us are kind of Island hopping afterwards. It's just going to be good. And I know, you know, this in real life, is where it's at. Like talk about like all the AI and the rise of online. It's like we're craving in real life. And when you finally do that again, and you're actually dining with these people and you're adventuring with these people, it's just different. It's different than going to like a one day seminar thing where you like exchange business cards. It's like real connection and people leave with best friends and business partners and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I love that. Well, Diana, this has been a really great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank Um, you. And uh, we'll have you back if you're, if you're down. uh, I'm always down. Yeah. Great. It's a really great conversation. All right. Everyone else live your freedom, love your life. Thanks so much for listening to the shift to freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.